Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stuff, working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. Happy <laughs> Sunday. We're back. We're back again. <laughs> we're back. Oh, How I like, are you? you? Know, I'm good. Now, we're doing an afternoon record this time. I know we're, we're both prepped. We both have our coffee. It's just, you know, it's just a, a couple of mums who are, are good to go. Having a gab. <laughs> couple of months. It's like the opposite of a coffee morning. It's like a coffee afternoon. <laughs> so I just wanted to give you an update on one thing that happened to me this week, which made me feel like I've truly assimilated and become one with living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> as you know, for our Palm Springs little getaway, I ordered a couple of caftans. Uh, one of them didn't turn up in time. So it turned up uh, last week. And I've just been wearing it around the house as literally like a home moo situation. And it has changed the game. Like not even having to wear a waistband of like a, of a short or a trouser or anything or like a tracksuit bottom. It's like, you know, it's, it's literally the way forward. But- I, well, you, you sent me a lovely pick. It's, I, I'm just going to describe <laughs> it to listeners. It's kind of like a tie. Is it like a sort of tie dye denim design? It's it's a it's a pink and black tie dye kind of design, and okay. I did order it from a lady uh, in India on Etsy. Didn't realize she was in India when I ordered it, but she was lovely. She emailed me back. It's called. <laughs> it was <laughs> her shop is called like something like lovely mummy robes. It's it's literally for like <laughs> older ladies, <laughs> and well. she made it. She made it extra large and made it in my size to fit like a man's body, which I really oh. appreciate. But basically. This earlier this week, I was running a little bit late because I was obviously working from home doing something. I suddenly realized that I had <laughs> seconds to spare before I needed to do a video call with my therapist. <laughs> and I was wearing my caftan. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point this week, I, I I ran and I managed to find this hoodie and I threw it on and I had to like clutch it around my neck over my caftan to talk to my therapist over a video call. And I really felt truly glamorous as I was doing it. I was like, oh, I have arrived talking to my therapist in a caftan. But, wait, but didn't, didn't, wait, wait. So were you ashamed of the caftan in front of your therapist? Were you worried that you were going to like pop up in like a Zoom call to your therapist and they were going to be like, uh-oh, he's, he's well, gone. He's gone over the edge. Just the, the top half of the caftan in the in the kind of video window didn't even look like a caftan. It just looked odd. The, the, the neckline was too plunging for a call with oh, a therapist. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, actually. It just looks like you're a little bit a little bit seductive and suggestive, that kind of thing. Exactly. And, you know, my therapist is quite attractive, so I just didn't need that whole situation, you know? That's very fair. I hear you. I hear <laughs> How you. have you been? Yeah, all good. i tell you something I had to do this week was, well, we haven't had our cleaner come to the house since COVID, okay? So... I, but you know what? I'm sick of spending my weekends cleaning the house. So we orchestrated uh, a situation on Friday morning 
where she could come to the house and I went to like a local cafe and worked and Jesse went surfing. So I feel like, <laughs> Jesus so, so I was at the, like, the local cafe sitting outside <laughs> doing zoom calls with Fabio and like a, a green iced tea monitoring the nest cam to see when um, the cleaner had finished, but also just, you know, making sure Jesse was surfing long enough. I tell you what I felt, I, I, I really, my mum powers in that moment were <laughs> off the charts. Wow. So have we, does this mean we both have officially lost it then? I think, <laughs> I think it might signal that, right? <laughs> I do. I do think that both, both those situations we just described were comparable. Hey, we should say what the hell this show is all about. This is your oh, Welcome yeah. America. Do you know what? If you're if you're a new listener, welcome. What we do is in every episode, we take a British topic, something from British pop culture, we dissect it, and we work out the US equivalent. Then we take an American topic, we do the same, we dissect it and work out what on earth the UK equivalent is. And that is our show. Also, we want to give a shout out at the moment, we are covering Canada's drag race. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So if you look for Drag Race Recap, the show on your usual podcast uh, shops, podcast shops, uh, your pod shops, um, look for Drag Race Recap, and we are recapping episodes of Drag Race in Canada. And as you all well know, we are not Canadian. And also, side note, Fraser's never been to Canada. <laughs> it's true. But you can't, And you can't go right now. Yeah, Exactly. When you said podcast shop, it reminded me of that picture I sent you yesterday of that shop that I walked past in Koreatown called Chic Gal. Chic <laughs> Gal. She's just a chic gal. What, what did Chic Gal sell? Oh, God. From what I can see by this this photo, if I zoom in, shapeless blouses. Oh, <laughs> not, so, not so chic gal, am I right? Hey, hey. Oh, you really got him there. But hey, should we do some feedback? Let's. Okay, so we have an Apple podcast review bit of feedback. What? Oh, this I is know. exciting. So this is from Apple user 83. <laughs> Subject is, hi, babes. They gave us five stars. <laughs> Wonderful, exclamation point. I'm currently catching up with all the past episodes and loving this podcast. Such a pleasure to listen to. Hearing the true joy and excitement as they talk about Victoria Beckham was a highlight. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about the Golden Girls. Am I right in assuming it's just an American phenomenon? Love from Dallas. So we have a listener from Dallas that's there. Listener in Dallas. I have to say, I've never been to Texas and I would love to go. So listener in Dallas, let's just keep on talking and maybe I can get your your wrecks uh, when I do eventually go to Texas. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, what do you would you say about Golden Girls? For me personally, I had not seen it until I was a little older in life, even though I think it was on when we were younger. It definitely was on TV in the UK, but it wasn't as much of a phenomenon in the UK, right? Yeah, I I agree. It I I don't know very much. About, I never really watched it, and I know people are obsessed with it. And the other thing I I always it always seems to crop up is that it was surprisingly progressive. Yes, um, which that that it, comes up a lot, doesn't it? it? It was the model for Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think my gran. She had a group of American, so my gram was Scott. Well, was she Scottish? It was very confusing. She was born in Egypt. Fun fact. But she, <laughs> she may have been Welsh. It was very confusing. Anyway, what? She, I know, I know. My, it's a real mystery. But she had a group of American friends, and she, they all called each other the Golden Girls. Oh, I, I remember that. that. And there was one of them was called Edie, and one of them was called Camille. And they're all like, in fact, they loved Amumu. They loved like a sort of a real high end, 
like well, a bejeweled moo moo. I, I think a, a moo moo kind of caftan look was very Golden Girls, actually. Mm. So just real quick, like we won't completely go down this rabbit hole, but so you, so your grandma's Egyptian and Welsh. Oh, but you're <laughs> but Scottish. Or should we just not do this? Is this she, literally like an Egyptian mystery? Should we just lock it in a, in the pyramid and leave it? She actually was the inspiration of the mummy from the movie The Mummy. <laughs> um, she, Imhotep. Imhotep. No, she was. <laughs> and actually, and actually, growing up, we always used. To, my mum used to do this joke where she could do like my mum would do this head move, like a sort of like Egyptian head move that you might do to like walk like an Egyptian, and she right. always said. She always said, that's because my mom was born in Egypt. Of course. Oh, oh Granny Imhotep. Yeah. Imhotep. <laughs> Wait, what a rabbit hole. Um, what is the UK equivalent of the Golden Girls? Oh, good question. One foot in the grave? She's <laughs> <laughs> trying to think about older, older people. I know that wasn't older ladies, but I guess dinner ladies. <laughs> Remember that show with Victoria oh, yeah. Wood? Yeah, maybe dinner ladies. Love Little Bear's Home on Instagram said, got a bit behind in episodes when the whole pandemic thing, with the whole pandemic thing happened. <laughs> but when I caught up, I had nothing to listen to. So thank you both. I don't quite know what that means, but thank you for listening. <laughs> Enjoyed the investigative journalism and any mention of Ben's special dish of smoked salmon on bread. Oh, God. She's suggesting a spin-off cookbook. <laughs> and she's also saying that Eurovision, oh, this is Phoebe, Phoebe in the UK. She's saying that Eurovision is ripe for some You're Welcome America attention. I feel very conflicted about Eurovision. I think yeah. Eurovision is, it feels like gay in theory, but it's very straight in practice. To me, I feel Eurovision is almost too European that I that we couldn't cover it. <laughs> Look, we could, we could cover Gina G. Besi- Do you know what it's like? We could cover like Precious, Gina G, you know, uh, what's uh, uh, Lorene. Okay, um, well, well, I think I think what we could do is we could do Phoebe. Love this inspiration. I think what we could do is UK Eurovision entries, and we could do like a handful of just some of the best. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, well, that's something to look forward to next Eurovision. We will we will dissect the UK's Eurovision entries. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, we definitely we missed it this year. I, I guess the world missed it this year, didn't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's us. Let's move on. And we're back. So obviously in every episode, we have a British topic and an American topic. Up first is Ben with our British topic. What do you got for me, babes? Well, it's very exciting this week because we're both doing surprise topics. We don't know what we're (laughs) going to talk about, but it's one of those topics, much like the Victoria Beckham episode, where I feel very confident you're going to have a lot to say. You don't need any prep for this. Okay. I'm going to give you a clue to our British topic. This is the clue. Okay, I need you to know something. <laughs> Last night, I was bopping around. I had a margarita. I was like listening to some music. I was bopping around and I was listening to Crazy Chick by Charlotte Church. And I thought, I really need to talk to Ben about doing Charlotte Church as a topic on the podcast. And then I wanted to talk to you about how she would be a really good Drag Race UK uh, judge. And then they should dance to Crazy Chick or call my name. That is crazy, Chick. So yes, Are you serious? that is me. That is me jangling my keys. Yeah. And today's UK topic is Charlotte Church. I was going to say, wait, you should explain that. I, 
<laughs> the fact that I knew who you were talking about from the sound of keys jangling is. I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I feel like our favorite Charlotte Church single, her pop single, wasn't Crazy Chick. It was her second one called Call My Name. Only got to number 10, but there's a moment at the beginning, I can't even remember the lyrics, but she's like, You jangle your keys. Yeah. <laughs> it's how uh, it goes up there with Amory's one thing as a song about <laughs> jangling <laughs> keys. <laughs> keys are jangled around and discussed. <laughs> Ah, so Charlotte Church, let's get into it, okay? Straight to Wikipedia we go. I think there are two really key important things about Charlotte Church to discuss, but we're going to have to give you an overview and we'll get to it. So Charlotte Maria Church, she's born in 1986. She's a Welsh singer-songwriter, actress, television presenter, we'll get to that, and political Mm -hmm. activist. So she, and it's interesting because I <laughs> that throwaway way that you said, and she's a political activist. <laughs> like we're going to spend most of the time talking about tissues and issues, the album, and maybe one percent talking about her political activism. <laughs> exactly. So she was, uh, still is, but back in the day, she started off as like a classical singer, and this was in wait, when was it actually her her rise to fame, her early rise to fame? Okay, it happened. She was 11. She was 11. Yeah. And so just listen listen to this bit extract from Wikipedia. Her musical break came at age 11 when she sang Andrew Lloyd Webber's Piezo over the telephone on the television show This Morning in 1997, followed by her performance on ITV's Big Big Talent Show. Wow. A lot in there. A lot to unpack. So she basically the song. Yeah. So, so she basically called age eleven called up uh a morning show and just sang Piezu. And, it's like someone calling into Good Morning America and singing Piezu. Yeah. Or Pi Pi Jesu if you wanna really butcher the name of it. So she then went on, so that started, and then she went on this talent show, which we had in the late 90s in the UK called The Big Big Talent Show. And the way that worked is every episode, there were six people who came on, they all showed their talent. And then I think the studio audience or the audience at home voted for their their favorite winner. So she came on and did that in 97. Did you ever watch that show? No, I I feel like that somehow really passed me by. And I don't know how, because it was right up my, you know, right up my alley. Yeah, I I feel exactly the same way. It's weird because I just didn't really watch it. It was like just 1997. So we were like deep in Spice Girls, deep in Spice World. Um, But yeah, it was kind of, yeah. Quick diversion. Mm -hmm. Never forget Piezu, Piezu. Never forget iconic uh, Big Brother UK moment when Michelle Bass (laughs) <laughs> where they where they did a, they they forced them to stage a wedding and Michelle Bass was the wedding singer and they made her sing uh, Piezu and she didn't know <laughs> and she <laughs> but they did they didn't give her any music and she didn't know the tune so she made it up as she went along. Wow. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> One thing I want to say about her appearance on the Big Big Talent show is she she's dressed in a fascinating style. She kind of looks like a, a, a child explorer. She's kind of like wearing a lot of khaki colors and brown and like a almost like a necklace that that Lindsay Lohan's character in Mean Girls would have worn. You know, right. 
Um, so yeah, so that was how she started off. And then from there, she, that all, that all blew up and she did classical albums. She, it was interesting. I, I, I was asking podcast husband, Jesse earlier. I was like, do you know who Charlotte Church is? And he was like, uh, was she like a, a classical child singer? And I was like, bingo. And that's the thing. She was actually pretty huge in the States. She sold like so 5 weird. million albums in America. You know, her classical stuff, we weren't really there for, but there was a great extract um, that on her Wikipedia and it said, now just buckle up. So one song, which was the soaring and inspirational Just Wave Hello, was the centerpiece of a millennium-themed ad campaign for the <laughs> Ford Motor Company. The song's full-length video featuring Charlotte Church won acclaim at the Detroit Auto Show and introduced her to new fans. We can't escape the Millennium on this show, can we? <laughs> the Millennium is just constant. That Millennium bug, I think we got infected with the Millennium bug and it's just like, like you know, like just deep in our system. It's just attacking Gestating. us. Gestating. Gestating. <laughs> okay, so she was doing all her classical albums. Fine, whatever. I want to get to 2002 when something <laughs> happened. Okay. <laughs> in 2002, she was age 16 yep. and she won Rear of the Year. Oh, yikes. Exactly. Now, this is an interesting turning point, explaining rear of the year to non-Americans. So every year, a, a male and a female win rear of the year. And it's basically like a celebrity with a nice ass. It's very confusing. And there's always a picture of them like wearing jeans, but looking over their shoulder, but you, yeah, see, you can the, see their ass. All of the photos of rear of the year are very important that it has to be, for some reason, it always seems to be shot like in someone's back garden mm -hmm. and they have to be yeah, shot like looking over their shoulder it, for some reason in a pair of jeans. It's strange that rear of the year is strangely coy and like chased for a competition, which is all about someone's like bum being the nicest, right? What do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? Like, the actual in, pictures? Yeah. As in like, it's not like people are always in a full pair of jeans. <laughs> Like, it's not like anyone's wearing like a booty shorts and like, or like a thong and being like, I've got like the best ass in like the UK. It's like, they're always in a pair of jeans. I know. <laughs> it's, like weird. it's very, it's such a weird thing. And I, so she was 16 when she won this, which is so creepy and weird. Yikes. Yeah. And she said in later years that that was kind of like the moment where, well, she, she was 16. She didn't, you know, she, shouldn't have been making those decisions, but yeah. you know, she thought it was a like good publicity and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of when her relationship with the press started to take a bit of a, a bit of a turn, shall we say. So I'm just going to put a little flag there and we're going to come back to it. <laughs> okay. Then three years later, it happened. So age 19, <laughs> she released a real, a real tent pole uh, album uh, oh. for us. And that is an album called, Tissues, tissues and issues. And issues. So oh. basically, up until this point, she was doing classical music, and this was the point. She's like, "I'm going to do like a pop career," and she wrote lo loads of these songs herself. She's only 19, and her image for it was like more adult. She's like a 19 year old. She's no longer that kid wearing the explorer outfit, you know, in 1997. Um, tissues and issues. Did you have this album? Right. I need to just quickly put. So she's only two years younger than me and like a year younger than you right yep yeah so i was at university when she was getting all of this like when when all of the press of her we'll get to it but basically all of the stuff to do with her drinking and it came at a time when i was drinking a lot <laughs> at university and loving life and then that album came out and it like 
it's hard to put into words, but just the album is reminds me of university so much that it's like, it makes me almost cry. Like when I listen to it, cause it makes me feel so happy and brings back such lovely memories. It really struck a chord, the album. And I, I will get into uh, a performance that I did from a song uh, of the album at university, but I'll wait till we talk about the song. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very important to me. So the first, the first single was crazy chick. You drive in me. Oh my god, so, I love Crazy Chick. <laughs> see, I don't I don't like Crazy Chick. So I was like, okay, I'm excited about you doing pop, but Crazy Chick came along, but it wasn't like a poppy pop song. It still got real instruments in it, which you and I normally do not like. No. Um and it's and I also I watched an episode, uh, a performance she did on Top of the Pops from back in the day, and like she's properly singing live, the band is live. Like she was she was, you know, she was going that path um i just find the song a bit too like a bit too bandy and like guitar-y and uh, like i don't know not i wasn't into it the reason i love it so much is that we every year at university we did like a christmas there was a christmas dinner that you paid for uh, like uh, just before you left for like the christmas holiday break and it was really cheap and it included i think it included unlimited wine (laughs) and it was in the cafeteria like the canteen and but they like decorated it and my university was really small so like everyone went to it, it you know and it wasn't like it, we could all fit into one canteen basically and so we had this christmas dinner we got really like hammered and then we went back to our university to our like student union bar and it was like christmas karaoke and me and my group of friends performed crazy chick on karaoke and it was still like it had only really just come out but like I've honestly never felt so kind of because I was it's because I was drunk, but like I've never felt so alive as when I was screaming the lyrics to Crazy Chick to a room full of very ambivalent, you know, straight men who like loved indie music. Were you wearing <laughs> during that performance? Were any of you wearing like a paper crown hat from a cracker, or maybe we like some some tinsel, wearing, like a tinsel around your neck, like a feather boa? We were all wearing paper crowns from a from a Christmas cracker. <laughs> <laughs> wow so crazy chick got to number two so it was kind of a big deal but you know it it was fun i personally wasn't into it then the next single came along call my name now not to be confused with cheryl's call my name although i'd love a mashup <laughs> call my name that was when i was like oh pulling out my my generation one ipod and downloading an itunes store what a song I love this song. It's this so song fun. The video very important. What just I just think of when I think of this song, it's I just think of like her in red and wearing um a corset, a corset. top. <laughs> corset yeah. top with some like some like slightly kind of basically like sex hair, like big sex hair, and like yes. doing a routine to it. I was all for this song. Felt like the whole outfit was purchased at Ann Summers. It was, yeah, yeah. And it, it was very, it was also far sexier than Crazy Chick. Like the whole yes. vibe and everything for Crazy Chick was more like 
big fun launch. This was more like, oh, she's she's nineteen. She's doing what well, she wants. The mid the mid two thousands for some reason there was a real <laughs> renaissance of like kind of boudoir like it was like Lady Marmalade kind of yes. era, wasn't it? So there was that kind of boudoir like wearing a silk robe over a over a corset, and she's like getting ready to go on stage. So it's her backstage doing her makeup in the mirror doing like a sexy dance <laughs> yeah and in the, yeah in the video like a little child comes to her dressing room knocks on the door and it's like five minutes to showtime miss church and then like he opens the door and she goes thanks love <laughs> that's not her accent <laughs> no but I, I cannot do a welsh accent cannot do a welsh accent <laughs> so i know for this song whenever we were out at uni and it came on we would all like do a real sexy slinky dance and at that moment that we talked about earlier where she goes i like the sound of your belt dropping your door locking you jangle your keys yeah so i always <laughs> used to pull out my keys at that moment and jangle them seductively <laughs> there's something quite like big band week about it shout out hey. to factor oh my goodness is that your big band song i think it is that means you and me would both perform a song where we sang <laughs> like he's in big band week of x factor so basically because <laughs> you're doing amory one thing jangling your keys i'm doing uh call my name charlotte church i think what we need to do is like it would need to be like a duel and like yes. after the first person's performed like the first person has to chuck the keys to the other person yeah. for their performance you jangle your keys yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I've read in later years, so she was 19 when she released this, and she co-wrote all the songs on the album. Yeah. And in later years, she was like, yeah, it was fine, it was fun, but she feels like she was a child when she wrote all those songs. So she's a bit like, yeah, some of it's a little bit cringy, but whatever. Did you have a album track that you liked as well that wasn't released? I didn't have the album. Oh my God, so you're, you're telling me you don't know about the song Mood Swings. Now, first of all, I, I loved Mood Swings. It was Mood Swings, open brackets, to come at me like that, close brackets. Uh, <laughs> translation parentheses. I can imagine you a little bit hungover, maybe on a bus, and just yeah. like, lis- listening to that and really feeling it. Well, if we want to talk about a song from this album that was released that I had on a Poor Me playlist, then we can discuss the ballad that was released from this album. The one, Even God Can't Change the Past. Even God can change the past. Wait a minute. We need to we need to tell everyone about your poor me playlist. So Fraser oh, we must we must have talked about this fucking playlist. I mean, you once had, still have, a playlist called Poor Me. And you would listen to I feel like you would listen to it on the night boss home alone. And it would just have like really moving songs. <laughs> it, poor me. <laughs> poor me would always yeah, poor me would feature like a a ballad, a big ballad, but not like a kind of, you know, not like a My Heart Will Go On. It's more like a more a more poignant ballad. So Even God was an amazing Poor Me playlist song because it's very like, <laughs> it's very like reflective. You can imagine, you can imagine, imagine like leaning your face against, well, maybe not in these current COVID times, but imagine leaning your face against the bus window 
you know, it's a cold London rainy night and you're on the way home after being, you know, not basically not, not hooking up with someone. And then, yeah, you're just like really sad and you can feel the rain just on the window. And then it's just, even God can change the past. Wow. Back to Charlotte Church. So she released that um, pop album. It did fine. Did pretty well. It didn't, you know, was, didn't knock it out of the park. Well, except call my name just for, just for us. I also want to just say at this point that up until this point, Charlotte, she had performed for like the Pope, the Queen, Prince of Wales, Bill Clinton, like everyone. She was like, a, you know, she was a super big thing. Okay. She then, you and well, you mentioned that she was often like photographing the tabloids, drinking and going out. She then kind of got with her uh, boyfriend, Gavin Henson. <laughs> Lord. Rugby player. And they were kind of for a while sort of like a Diet Coke version of Posh and Beck's. Yes, they were. They were Welsh and bags. Yeah. So they lasted like a decent amount of time. They had some kids together. And at this point, she sort of like, I don't know, she sort of was a bit like, you know, wasn't that interested in music. However, something that she was interested enough in to do three series of, translation, seasons of, was the Charlotte Church show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, I remember this was going on in like 2006. This was Mm -hmm. when I was just finishing uni, just getting to London, starting my career in television production. Boy, did I want to work on this show. Me too. (laughs) Format of this show. So basically, some some TV people were like, let's just give Charlotte Church a show. And it was kind of a talk show, kind of like talk and variety show. It'd be on Saturday nights and it always opened with her singing the theme song. So she would like sing the theme song to a studio audience. And then there'd be like sketches and things. One very famous sketch she did was she, I think she did some prosthetics, put on some prosthetics to slightly disguise herself. And then she entered a Charlotte Church uh, look like and singing competition, and she came third. <laughs> Genius. <Classic. laughs> um, but then the most important part of the show was the end of the show, and in every episode she would sing a duet. So yeah, she would she. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just name check some of the duets she sang over the years. Okay, Charlotte sang "Crazy" by Niles Barkley with Nelly Furtado. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Um, Charlotte Cause, sang. Cause Nelly, of course, Nelly was Nelly was knocking around the UK in those days, wasn't she? Sure Trying was. to force "Turn Off the Light" down our throats. I actually love "Turn Off the Light." Oh, that promiscuous <laughs> gal that she was. Charlotte sang "White Christmas" with the Sugar Babes. Perfect, makes sense. Love it. Got it. Would Charlotte it sang. Charlotte sang. You've got the love with Jamelia. And I think most famously, well, like like you've not got the vocal range to cover Jamelia. Oh, that's that's mean. Oh my God. Here's a good one. Charlotte sang black and gold by Sam Sparrow with alpha beat. God, (laughs) Jesus. As a 2000 and like 2008 wormhole just opened up and swallowed me. And I've got two more to name check. One, um, I think it's probably the most famous one when she sang beat it by Michael Jackson with Amy Winehouse. Do you remember that? I do. I, I unfortunately do. Oh, remember that. It was like a, it was like Amy going through her really kind of rough years, and it was just the two of them singing it. And Amy's clearly like just under the influence of something, and you can just see Charlotte just kind of like just trying to get through it and being like, "Let's just yeah. sing this song. Let's get it done, and then she can go about her business because this is a little bit on the edge." I tell you, 
which one is fun to talk about. I'm going to play you a clip and I'm going to see if you okay. can tell me who Charlotte is singing with and what okay. the song is, okay? I, I can't, I'm on, it's right on the cusp of my, the tip of my tongue. I can't, I can't get the drama voice. Who is it? It's Fergie Ferg. Oh, of course it is. Call myself, damn it. <laughs> it's that same, yeah, of course. The it's guests, that episode was 6th of April, 2007. The guests on the show were Katie Price and Nicholas Holt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. wild. What a wild lineup of people. Oh. <laughs> so she did three series of that, three seasons of that. And then after that, it was renewed again. But Charlotte was like, I just don't want to do it again, which yeah. is kind of like where she got to in this stage of her life and career. She'd like been super successful. She'd probably earned a lot of money. Um, yeah, she kind of she kind of has always had the choice because she had such a successful childhood. She's always had the choice to kind of just bow out of things if she doesn't really want to do them anymore, which I think is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, she's had a lot of kind of control over her own life, really, isn't it? Well, later on, she has. Definitely. Yeah. One thing, just to just to circle back to it, really, really, really quick. Her whole image of her drinking. One of the, the reason that, it, that oh god, it was such a thing oh god, is because, I think I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going. I, I don't know if you do. <laughs> the reason it was such a thing is that it was a time when the press was, for some reason, was really into talking about binge drinking, and she basically became the face of binge drinking. So it's around the time she turned eighteen and could could start legally drinking. She just got like photographed kind of going out with her friends in London, like coming up from Cardiff for like the weekend and getting drunk with her friends. But she weirdly became this like poster child for like binge drinking. And what would she, she be also, drinking? <laughs> well, this is it. She would, <laughs> she, she made a certain cocktail famous, which I'm going to read you the ingredients. It is. The cocktail is made up of Ruby port. Disgusting. And blue WKD, disgusting. Mix them together and you have a cheeky Vimto. Cheeky everything I've Vimto. just said, everything I've just said does not make any sense if you are not from the UK. Port is port. That's like a disgusting old, like, what is port? Some old, like, stinky wine. I don't know. And then blue WKD was, what was even in that? Just sugar and like hell? A bright, yeah, it was like a bright blue. Bright blue. Pop. And it would, if you mix them together, it tasted like Vimto, which is another UK drink, which is like a well, it's like Kool Aid. Vimto, Vimto is like a f- uh, non-alcoholic fruity soda. We, I was going to say, we've had, we've run into this problem before where we've tried to explain squash to someone and how it's not butternut <laughs> squash, but it's squash like orange squash. No, but no, but Vimto, but Vimto's <laughs> like if you could have like a berry-based um, soda, a berry, yes. very, like a berry soda. That's what it's yes. like. So that's kind of like where in many ways i would say our um i don't want to say interest because that's not fair. our journey our, our, journey our with personal journey with charlotte in kind of later yeah. years she's she's recorded eps and she's um yeah she's continued to be very outspoken about things she's very no nonsense as well yeah, when she does, I, she's I not like, preachy she's like yeah, she's really known, kind of she's like known for known for just being yeah no nonsense is the right term do you know she, what i just she's not gonna be polite which i love do you know what i'm gonna describe her as sound she is <laughs> one of the things that i really liked about her is after she you know when she kind of was just like oh i'm, I'm kind of just gonna relax and you know live in wales and not really bother it, she would always crop up at, is, is it her parents that ran a pub as well i think maybe and she would always like or maybe it was just her local pub she'd like always she just turn up and just like sing a few songs for people in the local pub in, oh, in Wales. Have a Cardiff. Have a pint. Listen to Shar. Sounds ideal. <laughs> Could, can't you just imagine though, if you lived in like a small town in Wales and she lived there, that she wouldn't be 
that everyone would just shoot everyone would just be like oh yeah this charlotte church lives here she's really nice well once, come in the pub and like be nice to everyone and i don't know once, i've got a lot of like affection for her once again she'd be sound wouldn't she yeah i'm really <laughs> i'm really pushing this 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 phrase how, how what, what is sound how do you describe it sound means very like solid dependable D- decent yeah <laughs> a decent person, a decent that's, person. How, that's how you describe it so are you what? What are you thinking for the uh, U.S. equivalent? Are you done? Was that natural transition? Or I what? think I think I think we're ready to work out the U.S. equivalent. Now, I think the obvious ones would be a Mandy Moore or a Hilary Duff, kind of like child uh-huh. star turned pop star. And I think Man, Mandy Moore in particular because she's kind of like she's kind of kind of fun. Um, I was also thinking of Selena Gomez, less fun child star who went through a lot in the press. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about her and I was also thinking about that little girl, like a, a maybe like five years ago from American Idol who sang those songs. I can't remember what her name was. Do you remember her? Did she have a ukulele? I mean, she had a ukulele and accordion or something. I don't know. Something, yeah. something, something cute. Ho- hokey cokey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. One of those hokey cokey little girls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so those so those are my initial thoughts but I came to a better conclusion. Charlotte is like she's fun, she's down to earth, she's no nonsense, she's sound, but she's also had this childhood career. She'll always kind of be famous, um but she's a certain level of fame. I think the US equivalent is Raven Simone. Ooh. What you, what you, right. what do you think about that? Because I was looking at it like she was a child star. She mm-hmm. had a music career. I mean, different. And now she's sort of like very like outspoken, but fun yeah. and a personality and someone that you know you can always go to for a quote or a, yeah. like a you know something. And she's on one of the View knockoffs, isn't she? Is she on the Talk or the Real? One of those knockoffs. She shows? is. She is. She's on one of those. Which makes me think to bring it full circle. Charlotte Church, I feel like would be a really good person to have on Loose Women. (laughs) Charlotte would be amazing. I'm sure she's done it before. Here's the thing. As we've touched on, she's probably been offered it. Yeah. But she's probably like, she's like, can't be bothered. Don't need to. But I do think, I do, I do think she would be great for a UK drag race judges for like a guest judge for one week. Oh, she'd be, she'd be perfect. And I bet she'd She'd be be into that as well. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, UK Drag Race producers, for that suggestion. Um, so yeah, I would say that the US equivalent of Charlotte Church is Raven Simone. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, we are back. We've done the UK topic. Now it's over to Fraz for the US topic. I don't know what it's going to be. Hit me. So this morning I woke up and I trotted my little self down the street and had breakfast in a little place called Denny's. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that's right. Today I dined at Denny's. No, wait so a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Did you dine inside? I dined outside on the street outside Denny's. And uh, I've got a little something for you to listen to. <gasps> So uh, I'll give you this little field report. This is some true journalism. Um, And then we can discuss it afterwards. So I am currently sitting at a table outside of Denny's on Wilshire and Oxford in Koreatown. It is possibly the most stressful dining conditions you could ever imagine. I don't know if you can hear the circling helicopters and the constant flow of traffic. So I've also ordered um, an iced coffee 
which has just arrived, which is delicious, with um, half and half, which I feel like you and I never really got to the bottom of half and half. Is it half milk and half cream? Does that make any sense? Is that full fat milk? I don't know. Uh, one of the other great advantages of dining uh, outside in Koreatown is you really get to, um, you know, mingle with the colourful locals. Um, some real characters out at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, uh, just really living their truth. Um, and that's, you know, nice to see. Okay, so my food has just arrived. I ordered the blueberry pancake breakfast which I thought would be a plate with pancakes on it and some eggs and bacon, but it is a full, essentially, eggs, bacon, and a giant hash brown on one plate, and then a separate plate with two of the biggest blueberry pancakes on it I have ever seen in my life. Um, I am going to dig into it and then give you my thoughts afterwards. Um, I will say the reason I'm talking so quietly is because there's a family at the table next to me, and... They are all just silently looking at their devices, and I feel like they can hear me. And I was kind of judging them for all being like on their phones, and then I remembered like being a child myself and having a Game Boy and being told not to play my Game Boy at the table. So I guess you know each generation has their own thing. Um, what am I talking about? Oh, just another sample of the sounds that I'm hearing while I eat my breakfast. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of wrap up and give my thoughts whilst I walk to CVS to pick up my prescriptions. Just for everyone back at home thinking that LA is just a life of glamour and, you know, fun. <laughs> um, so overall, I mean, my bill came to $12, which is a disgustingly low amount of money for the sheer amount of food that I was served. Um, I couldn't finish the pancakes because I was so full, um, just from the rest of the breakfast. And it was kind of strange having a, essentially having kind of a meal and a dessert at 9.30 in the morning um, when I wasn't hungover. That was kind of wild. But I had a lovely server called Rosa. Um, she was really nice. And it felt kind of, it felt, it did feel safe actually considering, but I guess that's because like, we were dining outside and they had all of the, you know, like disposable menus and all that shit. Um, I will say I had a very strange flashback while I was eating when I realized that I have been to this Denny's before and it was when I first moved here. I won't go into the full story, but I essentially had a one night stand and then <laughs> the next morning me and him went to that Denny's and I've just remembered <laughs> sitting inside feeling very, very sick and eating like a full breakfast. So, you know, it's good to make new memories at that Denny's that aren't quite so, um, so dark. So I am signing off as I walk into my local CVS pharmacy, um, where I'm going to also have a look at really overpriced skincare, because what else are you going to do in this pandemic apart from stare at yourself in the mirror and, you know, analyze exactly what skin problems you have. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Wow! I oh, my, <laughs> love a, a field trip. From the field there, yeah, a little, a little bit of journalism for you there. That field piece, oh, beautiful. <laughs> so, 
So yes, I trotted myself down um, to Wilshire in Oxford, not far from my house, and went to the Denny's Diner. Uh, I sat, like I said, on I sat on the patio area. We're going to use the term patio extremely loosely. It was <laughs> truly just tables on the street with like a little kind of trellis partition, <laughs> you know, barely keeping me from the uh, the fun and spirited characters of Koreatown who like to uh, scream at you while you eat your breakfast. So yeah, so basically I wanted to talk about Denny's. Obviously I gave you a little bit of my kind of review of it. I'll give you just a quick bit of quick bit of background on Denny's. Great. So it was founded in 1953 in California and it was actually originally called Danny's Donuts. Huh? And basically <laughs> it was a donut it was a donut and coffee shop called Danny's and they um they basically had it was a 24-hour a donut shop in California and coffee shop. And then basically in 1959, they, to avoid confusion with a different chain that was called Coffee Dan's, they changed the name from Danny's Coffee Shop to Denny's Coffee Shop. Got and then basically it. in 61, it was just changed. It was just called Denny's. And then basically throughout the years, it kind of morphed into the Denny's that we know it is today. So essentially, it's a diner. It's basically classic American diner food. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of an overview of what Denny's is. So yeah, I went there today and I had the blueberry pancake breakfast. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now Denny's is an interesting one. I, I actually don't think, I, I don't know if I've been to a Denny's. I don't think I have, but it's very... Of course you haven't. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of like a very generic... Uh, what's the word like chain diner? Yes, you know what I mean. Is. It is. It is. It feels very generic when you're in there. Because I don't. I don't want our. I don't want our UK listeners to be like, oh, a diner. That sounds fun. Like, no, 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 no. It's not. It's like it's it's way more wipe clean and and boring and kind of sanitized than what you might yeah, think of like a fun flirty diner. It's not Johnny Rockets, <laughs> whatever that stupid fifties diner in uh, in Leicester Square is called, or whatever. Oh, no, is it Leicester Square? You know, you know which one I'm talking about, I, right? I, I do. Look, let's just say no one's wearing roller skates. No, no one's wearing one of those little paper hats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you know this is a fun fact about Denny's? <laughs> From 1990 through to 1996, prime years, they you you get a free meal in Denny's if you showed them your ID and it was your birthday. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but I love that that got discontinued in 1996. Clearly, six years of being gouged by people on their birthday. <laughs> so they do all kinds of food at Denny's, but they're most famous for breakfast food, which is why I went there for breakfast today. Their most famous dish is the Grand Slam breakfast. Oh, what's that? So it's a breakfast combo platter. It was actually a nod to a mm, MLB. Oh, baseball, Major League Baseball. <laughs> I was like, is that what MLB <laughs> stands for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major League Baseball. What does yeah. what does NBA stand for? National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Okay, got it. <laughs> and the NFL is the National Football League. Got it. Right. Which, which also sounds like it could be a, a terrifying far right yeah, the, political party. The National Fascist League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, the the Grand Slams, it's named after a, a baseball player. Um not named after, it's it's a nod to him, apparently. It's a he set a, a home run record. I don't know, whatever. Baseball is rounders, who cares? But the Grand Slam breakfast is uh, two buttermilk pancakes, two eggs, two bacon strips, and two sausage links. Sausage links. Yeah, that's a really worrying term. I got I got a pretty similar thing. Mine was two blueberry pancakes, um, a hash brown, two eggs, and cr- extra crispy bacon, which I requested. Do you know what it just? It tasted like. It's really hard to explain. It tasted like 
a nice meal that you'd eat on an airplane. Yeah, there's something there's something in it that's very chemically. And I think yeah. it's like it's almost like it, all those pancakes have been made in a factory and then they're just like zapped and reheated on site. Yeah. That's it, it felt like it was all it was all done to be prepared in like a galley kitchen on a on like a 747 plane. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Like I I like airplane food actually. I love weirdly. airplane food. I I find it really I find it something very comforting about it. Oh, and that maybe totally that's why agree. I kind of I quite enjoyed my Denny's today, actually. It, was, it wasn't it was bad at all. It was just, it's just really tough. I know it's such a kind of classic American tradition to have the sweet, the sweet with the savory for your breakfast, but it was so overwhelming that honestly, these two, these two blueberry pancakes were so thick that it was really hard to even get the syrup to like, you know, you, I had to do it on the top layer and then I had to basically lift up one pancake and pour syrup in the middle of it to make like a syrup sandwich. Otherwise I got to the second pancake underneath. It was just completely dry. Do you know what I think is interesting is that I also had blueberry pancakes for breakfast today. Oh, did you now? What did you get? Did you make them or did you buy them from some zhuzhi stupid coffee shop somewhere? Um, almost. Uh, Jesse actually made them for me. They were blueberry oh. and banana. And I do believe it was not a regular flour that was used. It was some sort of like, you know, almond, coconut, like special zhuzhi flax, who knows. Um, so yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I definitely was eating plain white flour. <laughs> bleached I was white some flour. Bleached, yeah, some bleached white flour for sure. Now, where do you stand <laughs> on Denny's versus, say, an IHOP? Translation will break down for UK listeners, the International House of Pancakes. <laughs> Much like MLB, IHOP, <laughs> NBA, it's a lot of acronyms. And uh, I feel like it's almost exactly the same as eating it in IHOP. It has the exact same taste. Got I would it. say you could do a blind taste test and you wouldn't know if you were in IHOP or Denny's. It was the exact same food. Got it. I think I, I've been to like IHOP like three in the morning for like a sit-down meal, which is really fun. But yeah, I agree. It, it tastes very chemically. I mean, I do like the fact that it's all devoted to pancakes, even yeah. though you can order other things. And the fact that it's called the International House of Pancakes, even though I don't think there are any outside of the US. Maybe there are in like, <laughs> I don't know, like some island territory somewhere, but yeah. So right. I, I, I've, like I said, I've never been to Denny's, but I, I've, I vaguely, uh, I vaguely yearn for an IHOP at times. My favorite, I, I took a picture of the menu because I saw this oh, one. This one, um, <laughs> this is, I think, well, this is definitely a pun, but I also want to hear you say it in your Scottish, your Scottish voice that you do. <clears throat> okay, it's called. Actually, I'll read the ingredients, then I'll tell you the name. It's ham and scrambled egg sandwich with Swiss and American cheeses on grilled sourdough served with hash browns. And it's called Moons Over My Hammy. <laughs> so I think it's meant to be Moons Over Miami, which is that a term? But it's Never Moons heard Over it. My Hammy. Will I'm you say that in trans- Scottish voice? I'm just going to translate that into Scottish. <clears throat> Moons Over My Hammy. <laughs> it was hammy that I was really excited about when I saw that. <laughs> it just really, it really, it was wild, a wild I wa- name. <laughs> I wonder how long they've had sourdough in the menu for at Denny's. <laughs> a, a, a fair amount of time, I think. So this is something I learned about Denny's that I didn't know. They're famous for being 24 hours, 365 days of the year. Got it. Did you know that? I did not know that. So that's that's like been their thing forever. And then this is this comes up on every single list of like fun facts about Denny's is that I think that for the first time they closed on Christmas Day was in 1988 and then basically when that happened a lot of the stores realized that they didn't have any keys or locks because they'd never used them <laughs> well that's interesting you say that 
so do um that that's the same for all the hotels in Vegas and only until because they're all open like 24/7 and everyone goes right. in and all the over the place it was only when um covid hit that they had to like work out a way how to lock all the doors and install <laughs> uh, locks it's so crazy. It says uh, apparently 700 of the 1,221 restaurants needed to get new locks installed for the Christmas holiday so they could actually close their door. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of good for them that they're doing, um, you know, eating outside because just to give an update for our UK listeners right now, currently, well, who knows what will happen tomorrow, but on uh, yeah. Sunday, uh, July 19th, 2020 you can go to restaurants and sit outside and eat so a lot of like places here and luckily because the weather's nice have like transformed parking lots and uh like sidewalks into like dining areas yeah it 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 definitely i didn't feel i didn't feel uncomfortable when i was eating there i was at this table right at the end and it was like i was nowhere near anyone so i felt pretty i felt pretty comfortable was it was it busy yeah it was busy i i managed to snag a table on the on the terrace but uh you know barely on the patio where whatever it was called, whatever they were calling it. Oh, wow. I'm actually embarrassed because I specifically asked for a table on this patio. And then I realized when I left the place that there was tables on the street on the other side of the building and there was loads of empty ones. And it must've seemed really pretentious that I wanted to sit on the patio. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but what, to be fair, the, why would the that seem pretentious? The, because the, because the patio was like enclosed with umbrellas and was kind of like, they'd set it up to be a little patio area literally in front of the Denny's on Wilshire, that really busy street. There were literally just tables on the pavement, like no umbrellas, but it looked really like rickety. And that street is like heavily trafficked and foot trafficked. It's like not a comfortable place to sit on like a little well, rickety table and eat eggs. Well, yeah, we heard your field piece. We heard the, the many noises. <laughs> just sirens, helicopters. I mean, Koreatown, you know, truly never sleeps. It's a fun place to live. Question for so, you. Question for yeah, you. For Denny's, it. is it a fr- is it like franchised? So if like, could you or I like open up our, our own Denny's? It's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I'm Got not it. sure if they're franchised, but okay. hey, it's another another fun thing we could we could add to our list of things that we're <laughs> gonna do with our lives, right? Yeah. Open a Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did you know? <laughs> this is this is strange that this this piece of information is coming up but can you guess where there is there is one denny's in the uk can you guess where it is uh gatwick airport no okay think, give me a clue think, give me a clue it's related to our our first topic oh wales yep it is on a retail park in swansea <laughs> Wow. I feel Feels like right. I feel like they, they did that as like an experiment to see if it worked. And then that's just the only one in the UK. Yeah. So I would say another thing, which this is actually kind of leads me into my UK equivalent. So one of the things that Denny's is known for and they kind of push for is that, you know, in America, they, there's not necessarily they call them rest stops and not service stations here. But say, for example, like, you know, when we drove to Palm Springs uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, as you're driving along that freeway, every like two minutes, you can take an exit and there is like a Denny's, a gas station, a, you know, a Carl's Jr., a McDonald's. Just they're just they line them up alongside major freeways and you can just almost constantly just stop and pull over and, and find what fast food you need. And Denny's apparently that's one of their like, you know, part of their thing is that you can always you can pretty much just turn off of an exit ramp on a freeway and there'll be a Denny's there. Got it. So that made me think the UK equivalent. So I was having a think about it and I thought, 
as I was looking at the Grand Slam breakfast, I thought about a little thing called the Olympic breakfast <gasps> at a little place called Little Chef. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and as chef. I was eating the breakfast, I was like, I was like, oh my God, Denny's is Little Chef. Like it's, the food is like almost tastes exactly the same, even though it's completely different food. Like a full English is not the same as an American, but you know, for a fact, you know, for a goddamn fact, if you went to little chef now, they would serve something called the American breakfast and it would come with pancakes and bacon and syrup. And they would be very pleased with themselves about it. And people would order it and be really like, oh, pancakes. <laughs> These aren't pancakes. They're not thin at all. <laughs> it look, well, it looks like little chef is no longer. I've just done a quick Google. It looked oh, like it was shit. like it was like bought over and then changed names and then yeah all just went down the pan but yeah little chef for a long time was like that that motorway staple that you stop off yeah. and also as a kid I found little chef so exciting Oh yeah no of course little chef was like the ultimate novelty you like it's only when we were driving we it would be like if we were driving to my grandparents in Southampton we'd have to drive all that way and we would always try and force our parents to stop at little chef and they would refuse to um also, I've Why just not- I've just found an old Little Chef menu. Let me get it up. I'm quite excited. Breakfast available all day. Yeah, the Olympic breakfast. Okay, seven forty nine. And just so you know, before I, before I break this down, you could add any regular hot drink for ninety nine p. So oh, the famous Olympic breakfast, two rashers of back bacon, British pork sausage, two free range griddled eggs, mushrooms, mm-hmm. sauté potatoes, griddled tomato, and Heinz baked beans, served Ooh. with toast or fried bread fried bread fuck fried bread is the fried bread is like the darkest food you can eat it's so delicious and so disgusting wait and also i I don't fried in grease i don't know if you've got 99p to spare because you could also add a slice of black pudding absolutely not oh yeah and they've got an american style breakfast oh of course they do and you're so pleased with themselves yeah so, you know, I don't have too much more to say about it. And I think that really is the only option. So I would say that the UK equivalent of Denny's, Denny's Diner, is Little Chef. Little Chef. I said that like an American person. Oh, God. You're welcome. Welcome. And we are back really quickly before we do Welcome Not Welcome. There's something I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Uh-oh. Uh, for my birthday, I got like a late birthday present through the post. And it was from Shanina. And she sent me, I'm just sending you a little text with a picture of it. Let me just get, get my what phone. Are you, what, what are you seeing in that text? Get my phone. Um, oh my God. You are not going to believe this. Okay. You've just... <laughs> it's a picture of Walker's Worcester sauce flavored crisps. My first Welcome Not Welcome topic was Worcester sauce. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, this is and how, how weird because we were talking about this with Jesse as well. So I'm just, just know that I am saving a bag from the multi-pack that she sent me <gasps> because I want, I want Jesse to try them. So oh, I'm keeping yes. one bag for when I next see you so Jesse can try them. Okay, we're going to play Welcome Not Welcome. We play at the end of every show. We're going to say very American or British things. And we're going to say whether they're welcome or not, i.e. whether we like them or not. I'm going to go first. Welcome or not welcome, Worcester sauce. Actually, do you know what? I don't like the sauce by itself. <laughs> I like the crisp flavor. I do not like Worcester sauce. Actually, I retract that statement. I didn't think I liked that because it's something I would have said I didn't like as a child. I honestly don't know if I've had Worcester sauce as an actual sauce as an adult, what as would a grown-up you, what would grown you, up taste. Like, other than it, because here's the thing. I only know the crisps, the Worcester sauce flavor crisps. Uh, shout out to Shanina. Um, purple bag. 
And I obviously know it from when, you know, when we're in Palm Springs the other week, I was just putting a few drops into my Bloody Mary of, of actual Worcester sauce. But what would you put it in a stir fry? I feel like, no, no. I feel like they used to advertise putting it on cheese on toast oh, and yeah. inside a jacket potato, a baked potato with cheese, you, you would like a couple of dabs of uh, Lee and Perrin's Worcester sauce. That sounds delicious. Welcome. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? Welcome. I'd like to try the actual sauce again now as a, as a grown up with slightly more grown up would, taste. Would you know what? As like an extra, you know, field piece, we're, you're going to come over to the house, bring that bag of crisps, and we'll <laughs> also do a taste test with like cheese on toast. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So my next, so my first one, welcome or not welcome, <laughs> the term going out on the lash <laughs> or the term getting lashed, <laughs> the verb lashed, <laughs> to be lashed, to be getting lashed. This reminds welcome, me of my other friend, Fraser, who's Scottish, <laughs> and he used to have this thing that he would call his lash rash. So he <laughs> he was allergic to certain things in certain drinks, like gin. Whenever he drinks gin... It must be the botanicals. His face goes bright red. <laughs> and we always call it his lash rash. Um, so I, I don't like, I would say that the phrase going out in the lash, not welcome. But my friend, my other friend phrase was lash rash, welcome. I'm going to completely agree with you on that. I'm going to say not welcome to the phrase, welcome to phrases, lash rash. Great. Welcome or not welcome, white claw. <laughs> I wonder how you feel about white claw. I'll be completely honest with you. I have never tried white claw and I'll tell you why, because I am not going to be fooled into thinking just because some people are drinking it on like Instagram and talking about it. I am not going to be fooled into this day and age drinking an alco pop. I've been there. I've done that. And I'm not going to drink a sugary fucking stupid alco pop. No explanation for our UK listeners. White claw is like, is essentially an alco pop that has swept the minds and Instagram posts of America. And it's like, it's, it's, it's very white. And I mean that in terms of, uh, the color of people's Caucasian. skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it comes in these giant, um, these giant cans, which are called tall boys. That's the, those giant cans. And yeah, so I had my first one last week on the beach because you can't really drink in the beach here, but you can kind of have one of those because people think it's like a soda. Anyway, you're, you're absolutely right. It just tasted of like an alcopop. And also, yeah. I don't understand what the alcohol is in it. I want, I want my drink. I want to know what I'm drinking. I want to know if it's exactly. a gin. I want to know if it's a, a gin or if it's a vodi. I want to know what's going on. So white yeah, claw. Don't say the word hard seltzer, hard seltzer to me. Like those words don't mean anything. So yeah, not welcome. Not no. welcome. Welcome or not welcome, <laughs> the term that really tickled me. <laughs> Love that. So it's, so welcome. Yeah, do you know what? It's such it's it's that's classic Laura York. It's a classic mum term. She'll always call me up and she'll be like, "Oh, that really tickled me." <laughs> Love that phrase. Yeah, welcome. So welcome. My final one. Welcome or not welcome. We've probably done it before, but I'm going to just now that it's summer, I'm going to do it again. The temperature in Fahrenheit. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of, uh, which is great for a, uh, a real divisive black and white segment. I'm pretty ambivalent about the Fahrenheit Celsius thing. I have got to the point where I can understand what the Fahrenheit, the temperature is in Fahrenheit, but I also will still always think of it in Celsius. So I, I'm kind of, I'm not like, oh God, I don't understand Fahrenheit, but like, you know, this just is what it is. It sounds more impressive when you say Fahrenheit. You're like 110. It's Cla- kind of cool. Classic. It's very classic American, isn't it? But the thing that's yeah. that's like so confusing. If you think of the other one, wait, is it Celsius? I never remember if it's Celsius or centigrade. What's it called again? That's Celsius. The same thing. Oh, it's the same thing. Great. Yeah. Um, like zero degrees. That's freezing. 
100 degrees, that's boiling. I'm boiling. like, it's very easy to, to, to work out, whereas Fahrenheit, it's all, all to play for. Those giant yeah. numbers. It's like when you get like exchange some money, you go to, I don't know, somewhere like back in the day when you were going to Spain to get pesetas and you would exchange money and be like, well, that costs 800 pesetas. I'd be like, I don't know what that means. I don't know if I that's like the, the word pesetas, but like I really, I almost didn't understand what you were saying. I was like, what, pesos? Pesto. <laughs> Potato. I was like, what are you saying to me? So pesetas. <laughs> <laughs> got to exchange my pesetas from a trip got to, to Spain. Go to Thomas Cook. Got to go to Thomas Cook and exchange my, my pounds to pesetas. <laughs> Wait, and wasn't there a peseta, one that, that, that had like a hole in the middle? And if you're a bit funky in the 90s, you might put it on like a rope and wear it around your neck. Do you remember that? Oh my God, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> everything, I feel like everything I ever talk about relates back to trips to Spain in the 90s. Yeah, and like and, and talking like a mum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, trips to Spain in the 90s, welcome. Uh, temperature in Fahrenheit, who knows, who cares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening. As we said before, we are covering uh, recap episodes of Canada's Drag Race. Just go go, go into your, your, your pod shop, your podcast shop, and just give a quick Google of um, uh, Drag Race recap. And we're doing the Canadian episodes, at least for the next you want seven them to, weeks. You want, them to Google, you want them to Google in the podcast shop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hop on Google inside the podcast app and get that podcast app. But wait, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do Google because I've actually got. I've got um, Ask Jeeves. I don't know if I can oh. do a Google in the pod shop. Um, I'm a bingo. Oh. Um, by the way, I'm very excited about our next episode because I've got a, a bit of a field trip for us that we can do together. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but that will hopefully feature in the next episode. Please Lovely. rate and review us on Apple Podcasts in the pod yes. shop. Um, leave us some comments, questions, feedback, abuse on Instagram and we will see you very soon yes and as ever samantha mumba has still not been booked as a guest everybody get on it i'm not forgetting it it's gonna happen mumba watch continues you're welcome bye you're so far off your ass i think you just smell your own shit where are you from joseph south shields well there were three of us in this marriage i just want to say liam come and have a go if you think Enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flyer.